All right. Hello, everybody. This is Sagar from Glover's podcast, and this is the art of volunteering. Uh, I have with me in this um, podcast two of the most beautiful girls I've ever known, Hien and Camila. They both come from a completely different um, continent. So Hien comes from Vietnam, that is Asia, and Camila comes from Brazil, that is South America. And it's lovely to have you all here. And um, the main reason we are here is to talk about our cultural differences, also talking about uh, our countries and interesting things about it, weird things about it, crazy things about it. And we found out that um, even though we come from such different cultures, we have something similar things and something so vastly different that makes it interesting to volunteer in this project. So hi, Hien. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, guys. Hello to everyone who's listening. Hi there, Camila. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. So good to have you here. Yeah, it's so nice to have you guys here. Um, So I want to I want to start this with telling the whole audience who is listening to us is that the name Camila means an ant in Nepal. (laughs) Now, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows that. But Camila means an ant. So let's start about Nepal right away, right? Um, so I should tell you, last to last week was our new year. I invited my friends over, we made some samosas. And while talking about it, um, it was an interesting discussion because Nepal is not in 2021. We have way, it, we left 2021 57 years ago. So right now, Nepal is um, in year 2078. That is, uh, yeah, we are in the future. We are even past the game 2077 or something, you know, the, the one. And, uh, and while talking about, they were like, okay, wait, what? Like, Jesus, this... like you know, Jesus never entered. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Christian culture, right? 2021 and everything. As in, uh, here, um, Vietnam is also not a Christian country. Neither it has, how, how much influence does it have in terms of like, you know, the year? You also should have different years, don't you? Yes, we do have different 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 years, and we do have the different calendar. But uh, it's a little bit different compared to Nepal in the way that we are in the same year uh, with all of the world, basically. So we also have New Year celebration just last um, February, which is weird, right? So, right. No, that's that's weird because you don't start the year same as everybody else, but you have the same year. Um, so when you write in your calendar, let's say in a bank statement or anything, let's say you write a check, whatever you are going for, I don't know, your uh, driving license, what year do you put? Or what month do you put? Um, that one, we say the kind of the regular one, the normal one. The international all, one. Yeah, the international one, which let's use that term. So we use the calendar um, with the with the moon phase is for the most of the time is for agricultural reason only and right. festival right. because um, we are the agricultural country and farmers may on the calendar that one for mm-hmm. their cultivation plan because it exactly with the moon phase. So in the middle of the month, according to our calendar phase, we will see the moon like, in the most brightest and fullest mm. and brightest. So yeah. it wow. worked like that. 
as in we do follow lunar calendar also in nepal as in we'll talk about calendars i think most of the discussion today because it is just so different our month starts from the 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 fourth month of english calendar our month start at the middle of let's say my first month is the middle of april not even the start or the end it's in the middle like you know as if as if we just say you know like we don't care about anybody else we just go random anywhere you know like that's that's ours like and i feel like brazil is as far away from from uh europe as nepal is you know so like you guys have the same calendar did you have any different before the 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 europeans uh, came over unfortunately you no know, we have the same calendar as everyone <laughs> so that's why <laughs> i'm extremely <laughs> yes but i'm extremely delighted with this information about your countries for me it's very interesting that you follow the lunar calendar it makes so sense for me but i would like to know more about that like how is that for you you follow the lunar calendar to your personal lives and to your professional lives you have to follow the other calendar or how is that work that's a really interesting question as in we are still figuring it out to be honest in nepal because the thing is we use the nepali calendar for everything so oh talking about that we, you know like for example because we have a different calendar uh we've got we also use the international one so for example the bank and everything because they also have to have connection with other countries and and nepal is really close with like uh, india and india uses the international calendar so we have to use uh, the, those calendars and uh, so in that way when we make appointment with like you know i also work with like you know foreign uh, project coordinators etc etc volunteers and all that i cannot just say yeah Uh, please come here in the seventh seventh month of 2077 like that doesn't make any sense to them so i do have to use it and in most cases what they do is they would request you put it in international ad you know or they would ask us to put it in nepali bs that is bikram sambat we have a different year so we we have a different month different day everything different in the second one you know, in the in the nepali one but slowly slowly what's happening is people are like entering into the the only international one they're like choosing only to know the international dates when i was super young i was i was like looking forward to learning january and february because it sounded so far and so far away and now i'm almost close to forgetting which day is in the month like you know like that that is not important because of my job so different jobs would choose different ones um and i i don't know here and like what's up what's in what is in yours like you do have a different calendar Yes, but we actually use um everything in international ones. We, okay. The the calendar for the moon phase is only for two reason. One is based on the festival, and right. the other is for agricultural reason. Right. So everything now is in international calendar. Right. It's just right. really nice to have your calendar um hanging on in your like right. uh, box, and then right. you have two days, two yeah. months, and the yeah. same years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh god, it's the same for me. Um and what even gets even more complicated than that Camilla and I I know you would you int- you find this interesting is that um in Nepal I could even say we've got two calendars within the complicated calendars. 
one is the number like you know the number 1 2 3 4 going around the second mm-hmm. thing is the phase of the moon right so we have the phase of the moon also as a as as an as an as a noun written down just below that calendar below the number mm-hmm. so we have three things written down one a big nepali letters one and then on the side it says one tiny one october or something or like 16th of october because usually the first month is 14th of something 16th of something and then just below that there is a text of what is the phase of the moon and all the celebrations and everything we do for example when you are born you you get assigned that phase of the moon as your birth date we can we don't we have a different word for the date we have two words for date is you know there is mithi which means a date and another tithi which is the moon date or something right so 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 nice this it's is so nice and complicated but like you can start adding things all the celebrations happen according to the moon date so i think it's similar to vietnam somehow because yep, celebrations and everything all the festivals all your birthdays everything important to you happens in the moon date and uh, the main date is just a calendar an, a national calendar to use and then we have a tiny one on the side with an international letter one written for everybody else you know so in that logic i will tell you something that you might find interesting i have three birthdays because oh, oh my god one, the nepali national one and the and the moon one oh uh, yeah so yeah when But it's your international to... birthday so my international birthday it comes in the middle of october so 15th of october right uh my nepali one changes because because the moon also somehow changes right and then uh the moon moon calendar thingy it is just beside one really big holiday so it doesn't change because of the holiday thing so i've got three but i i don't celebrate any because celebrating like birthday celebrating new year celebrating any sort of like those dates that has um, only personal value not a thing in nepal you know we don't celebrate as much i don't know if it is a thing also in vietnam like i feel like this celebrating birthdays and everything is a really western culture i don't know if it was if you disagree mm, in vietnam we do celebrate birthday and um it different compared to the old generation like my father mother and grandparent generation compared to us now in a way that we we enjoyed it we enjoy our day and remind that uh Today's our day. Today was the day we, we were born. Um, but for for the old generation, they don't really celebrate it much. They just they just recognize that okay, today uh, today what I was born. Yeah. Not yeah. like make a throw a party or something. Uh, but it's nice to have a small uh, gathering during the birthday of one person for us. How is it in uh, in Brazil, Camila? Uh, so in Brazil we usually celebrate like our birthdays is something kind of important for each uh, of course it depends of the person <laughs> of and the context <laughs> of course important <laughs> <laughs> yes yes but some people just don't like to celebrate but it's i would say that it's something social um accepted and really recognize it as something important but we just have one birthday <laughs> yeah okay so yes no for you guys <laughs> i guess it's enough for me it's enough 
<laughs> but uh, I find it so interesting that you, if I understood well, that you choose uh, the celebrations and festivals and uh, dates to get together so to the phase of moon. So, yes. for example, when it's full moon, you schedule the things because as soon as I know, like full moon is when people are more um, open and more for out. So, uh, like um, really in the mood for parties and so on. That's it. I am correct. You are correct. Uh, however, it doesn't have to be full moon. There is one really big celebration that is the Festival of Lights. Um, we, like the, the Indians would call it Diwali, we call it Tihar. And the main day uh, where, we, where we worship Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth, it is the day where is, there is no moon. You know, like it's, it's completely dark. And therefore, we have the, the festival of light because we see that the whole, the whole country is dark. Therefore, we have to bring lights And by bringing lights, you are able to bring the goddess of wealth inside your home. So, so it has also this, this sense of beauty to it going, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> if you uh, guys so can beautiful. hear, Kapila is crying a little bit. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's really, it's really yeah. nice. Yeah, it's really, really nice. And by the way, I, 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 will, I would, after we, we record this podcast, tell you, um, send you guys, If you send me your birthday and your birth month and birth year and all that, and maybe the second of your birth, I will send you which, which lunar cycle you were born in and what was the year of your birth and what Nepali year month were you born in, okay? So that you also have two months, two birth, three birthdays similar to mine. So you can also celebrate like a Brazilian would. Ah, super. <laughs> Even for my cool. like personal new year i can celebrate with myself <laughs> but this is so interesting yes yeah. i would send to you after this awesome. recording awesome. but but and also in this side i was share with you one thing very funny about vietnam maybe some of the asian culture as well because we count the year when the baby lie in the mommy womb that is one year so basically we have kind of two ages the kind of international age and the yeah. age we have in the country so for example my birthday was uh, 15 april which is just a few weeks and my dad called me and then hey you are 25 i was like no i'm 24 <laughs> i just turned 24 don't say that i'm 25 it feels so weird and it's really funny <laughs> because i i'm trying we are the the, the our generation try to be like that. another 25 year olds <laughs> <laughs> So it's really funny with that age thing in Vietnam. I don't know about you guys, the culture is the same or not. My friend, I think my Tibetan friend also said the same thing, that when they are born, they have a year. As in, yes and a no, I feel like you should have nine months or something. I don't know how, how many months, but yeah. Uh, yeah, well talking about like births and like you know uh, how many years and all that uh, there is a weird cult weird culture well weird because when I when I hear people saying wait wait what I find it weird because of that reason is that in Nepal we don't name the name the children right as soon as they are born we name them after seven eight days uh, of their birth uh, because uh, 
because because I don't know. I don't. I think like <laughs> maybe we are we are we are because we're a third world country. We don't know what's gonna happen with the baby. No, I'm being a little dark here, but no. Um, it's because when a when a baby is born, you know, it it breathes the air and everything, and it goes okay. Now it is a human being that is here, and um, it we consider it un, like uncleanse, like something you have to be. You have to be, you have to be clean. You have to be like pious, you know, pure before naming something. So yeah, we name the baby like in seven days after they are born, and then. Uh, and the interesting thing about also naming a baby is that the parents can also simply say, this is what we'll name our child. It has to come from, again, the moon, the planets, the solar system, the, like the astro- astrology of it. And uh, it's very scientific when you think of it. Again, the word scientific doesn't really fit here because I, the sciences would not say it's, astrology is not scientific. I would say logical. It is logical and it has a sound logic to it saying, why would you do it? And there's a lot of like you know, logical senses, mathematics and astrology involved to name them. Um, so like just talking about this being birth and names is really, I think, uh, but would be really weird if my family said, oh, it's just 26 next year. And I was like, okay, no, it's not. Like, you know, <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> but it's so... beautiful in that way with the name because yeah. it had all of the story behind it. So. Yes, exactly. You have to wait for the baby uh, born and then you like look into the, um, their faces and you say, ah, this is, it will be your name. Like that. Oh, in Nepal. No, 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 no. Uh, you, you, the baby is born, seven days have passed and you know what was the day of the birth and the second of the birth, the minute, blah, blah, blah. And then depending upon the astrology signs, uh, you get assigned a vocal, a sound that your name should start from. So it could be oh, he okay. or ka or sa, you know, our names. Um, and then you get three or four vocals that you can choose from. And then mm-hmm. depending upon that vocal, you make a name. Uh, you, and then the priest usually finds a pious, like a religious name from the gods. By the way, we name ourselves with different gods all of most we've got so many gods to name ourselves with so we choose just one god to name ourselves with the vocal and then later on after uh, after a few months or even after that uh parents if they think okay we should name our child they will try to name the child in the same vocal at least as the one that is given by the priest but things are changing now people were like yeah, i know exactly what i want to name my child uh, but it is not, uh, let's say, traditional to do that. You, 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 you use methods, you use, uh, you know, astrology to align how you would name your child. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's beautiful, actually, for me. It's interesting. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, to be honest, my name is not Sagar. You know? <laughs> what? Like, what's your name? <laughs> Sagar. So, we are getting to know today yeah, what's your name. <laughs> not say it please don't ask please don't ask me all right let's let's, let's get into let's get into the next next let's get into the next part so so um before before recording this uh, this podcast uh we we sat down and we made a note about what is like interesting weird things about our countries and uh in front of me i have got a list of of, of mine and i think all of you have your own lists and everything so camila tell 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 us um what interesting thing or what weird thing that you wrote down 
that you thought was important for people to know about Brazil? Okay, so um, something that I think um, it's, um, I don't know if it's weird, but it's very common for us that we um, eat rice and beans, like it's the common uh, meal of every family in Brazil. And I do believe that because it's uh, a meal really full of nutrients and also really cheap. So I guess uh, for the pockets of Brazilian people, uh, that's something really interesting and uh, good. That's why probably um, most uh, of the families are consuming this kind of food. And um, yes, we have uh, different types of beans and uh, rice as well, like um, from uh, organic farmers and so on. It's really good. I, I'm kind of missing this food here. And uh, <laughs> I know that um, it's uh, also common for you to eat rice in your meals as well. So I find it very interesting that we all here, uh, Brazil, Vietnam and Nepal have this in common. And how is that for you in your daily life? It's not a coincidence as well, right? When I see that on your list, it says rice, the keyword, which make me so happy because we are the country we eat rice three times a day, even in breakfast which is really nice for me. Um, but uh, it has different types of uh, rice and different ways of making it, which is um, uh, like heaven, the diversity. It's not boring at all. So I really wish that I can show you pictures and video about different dishes from rice. Um, and yeah, speaking of so have the ATM rice. Uh, I can I can share this story later, but uh, let's keep talking about food. Um, <laughs> what is uh, around that in 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 Saga in Nepal? Rice. Oh God, I cannot believe how much rice we eat. I as in rice. I had a discussion with with uh, other volunteers from Glovers, like with Gonzalo, and and he was saying no, bread is more important. I was like, ha ha ha. <laughs> I will fight you for rice, for the rice of rice. We eat so much rice. And exactly like, like Hien, we eat rice three times a day. We start our meal. We don't really have breakfast, to be honest. We, we, even though Nepalese people wake up early, early, we don't eat early. So we would eat at like 9, 9.30 before we go to work. So we have a hearty meal, like proper dinner like proper like lunch heavy rice <laughs> with like lentils and uh with uh so we call them also beans but not so much beans but lentils and 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 vegetables so green vegetables potatoes or something with like a lot of uh, cumin and masala and all that right so we eat rice that in the afternoon if if your office or something has a, a kitchen um and if there is somebody cooking for you, they would gen they generally make rice <laughs> for the afternoon too. It can be in a form of a fried rice, or it can be something, or it can also be the same meal. It could it could be exactly the same meal you could you would have eaten at home if they didn't know what you ate at home. And oh. then you come back after work and everything. You have some tea, like let's say at five, and then around at seven seven thirty, 
another meal of rice is being cooked uh, another another vegetables another curry another lentil another beans but rice the same and i don't know we don't cook rice that differently given that we eat so much rice we don't have many ways of cooking as in we've got we've got uh, a dessert with like milk and everything where we put dry fruits and all that make it sweet we eat during celebrations we have fried rice like it's not that different you cook the rice and then you fry it with like other vegetables and put some soy sauce on something not that complicated uh but we don't cook rice that differently like here and you said there are so many ways of cooking rice i think like vietnam would be a cool place for me to just experiment with rice we were just boiling rice with water right is the main dish three courses but we have dessert we have different type of rice which make it different way of making it we make it cake we make it snack put in the lotus leaf so i i i cannot tell it all because it's just so many <laughs> it's another episode camila how is it for you like yes. how many like the rice thing do you have different different rices and different different ways of cooking them um actually we have different rices dif- different kinds of rices but um uh, because actually it's like uh, something easy for us to make it uh, as our mainly meal of the day so uh, which is the lunch so we usually eat this um this combination like rice and beans in uh, our lunch and usually we have breakfast with something else and also some snacks during the afternoon and uh, on the evening is really um something more um light on the evening so we don't eat really a proper meal in the evening we just eat some coffee or something like that that is also very important for our routines in brazil the coffee yeah. so coffee you can drink in the morning in the afternoon also in the evening <laughs> it's something really yeah. allowed as in i want to ask like for example do you guys uh, use like eat the steamed rice or is a different way of cooking rice um camila um no i guess no it uh, we only like um boil with some yeah. kind of onion and uh-huh. um, water and that's it it's ready okay. you can of course add some spicy or something like right but the common one is only like rice with water and salt and that's it okay here is it same it's the same with is a uh, steam rice but uh, i don't know portugal is different to me in a way that they put salt they put mushroom the tomato and rice all into the pot and mix it and then cook it basically every day not like wait. every day but a lot so, wait, so wait. It, it's different wait a minute so are they saying are you saying they just put everything and then let it boil yeah and we have in vietnam we don't do that we never do that we have <laughs> rice cooker guys every house have at least one rice cooker and we cook proper rice <laughs> i know i know i know this this is where this is where the word proper normal and everything breaks down right um like i brought today uh, for my lunch um rice of course 
but the rice is <laughs> don't know why of course but uh, i didn't know we're going to talk about rice so much so yeah and <clears throat> this rice i made was risotto now risotto is a uh, it's another way of making rice they would fry it and then they would add a little bit of stock you know and then mix it mix it mix it you give a lot of time doing it but i sometimes i feel like you don't need to do all that you can just boil it and then boom it's ready you put whatever you want to put mix it and then it's a risotto but for some reason i think also the italians use wine they use a lot of like herbs they would use mushroom like fresh mushroom or like fancy 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 mushrooms and uh, yeah they would they would they would, they do a lot of like you know care for their meal and they make it really like they would even put cheese in it make it really really creamy um so italians do care about their meal they wouldn't they are not like um, the one you said the portuguese one where they put everything together and just wait wait for luck to happen or something like you know worship <laughs> that it doesn't come out stupid but yeah i feel i can see he and being oh god what are you doing <laughs> but but the good news is you you have to know that it's really delicious actually so okay. thank you portuguese <laughs> i find a new way to cook rice <laughs> Awesome. And uh, what about uh, uh, in your cultures? Like you drink a lot of tea. You were saying before, I guess. Shagar. Like oh, yeah. as much as we drink coffee, you drink tea. Yes. You drink tea we during drink the whole tea. day. We did drink tea whenever we are sitting in a chair, and if there's nothing to do, we drink tea. <laughs> so that's you invite somebody over. and uh, rather than offering them water or something we ask for tea uh, oh. they would never say no they would not say yes either they say okay let's have some tea and then somebody just goes and starts making it you know there is no there is no no to tea um and usually it's milk tea so it's uh, we we put a lot of tea like it's a nice dark tea and then we put milk in it and we put sugar and also like uh, we would put um, some spice like uh, we would put some a uh, pepper uh, black pepper we would put some um what's that called um uh, a nice smelling oh god cinnamon yeah, so we, cinnamon exacta exacta so we put cinnamon sugar and pepper and then with milk and everything it becomes a lovely flavorful we also put ginger in it because the taste is really nice so we have this uh, spicy uh, sweet tea uh, and this is amazing this is really cool i bring sometimes like every once or twice in a month i bring it to work and i give everybody a little bit of a taste of this spiced tea and i think you guys can try it out also at your own place and we have that we have milk uh, so we've got also this normal black tea like dipping but we don't use dipping as often we don't like the dipped the the the, the sachet the tiny one no we don't like that not not a real tea um and then we have also lemon tea so we would make the tea put some sugar in it and then uh put some pepper because we like the spice and then squeeze lemon on it and then it becomes an interesting really nice warm but at the same time summery drink that is like lemon tea so um, we do multiple ways of making tea and we love we love our tea we love our tea so much oh so so interesting we do not have that different in in many way of making tea like you guys but uh There's something in rural area where we where I live that people pick tea leaf yeah and then make it fresh 
which is really like like uh -huh. lovely and I love it so much that we have the fresh tea and yeah. it's it's not like uh, we try it with little black thing but it's the full leaf you can see it and I, I love and it. it's like completely green fresh leaf yeah because we, we we plant it we can plant it in our garden and we have so many hill with just tea just yeah. tea leaf so uh, I, I love that way of making tea in Vietnam but yeah we do love lemon tea like you guys uh but we don't put a lot of spicy thing in our tea. So you can try. With, you can try. Yeah, we with can that, go back. I will send with you the that recipe. Saying, I am really interested to make one. <laughs> the, the interesting thing I feel like the Vietnam and what Brazil can both somehow discuss about here is not only tea but coffee. Like you guys have such a big coffee culture, Brazil. Like I don't, I don't even want to touch Brazil coffee. <laughs> I uh, every time somebody comes from Brazil, I say hey. Coffee, please. <laughs> Can you bring some coffee? <laughs> Actually, I'm being so proud of to say about coffee, but wait, we have Camila here, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so um, what about what about coffee in in Vietnam and Brazil? Uh, it's really something really um, common in our culture. Like everyone drinks coffee. Like the same thing as you said for tea, like there is no no for coffee. We have also in Brazil, it's really typical and common. People love that. We have also really different kinds of coffee. And um, it's something that we just like, okay, I wake up, I will have a coffee to just wake up. And now that we already had lunch, I'm just going to take a coffee for waking up to work during the afternoon. <laughs> yes. And usually um, people drink also coffee with um, milk. Uh, it's very, very common or also different kinds of cappuccino and uh, espresso. Uh, we have a, a special one that it's called carioca. Uh, Carioca, it's like uh, how we call people that live in Rio de Janeiro, mm -hmm. but we can also call uh, people um, who drink, it's a type of coffee we call Carioca, that it's somehow like um, espresso that is more light, more soft. It's ah. not so strong. Okay. Yeah, but it's like a small coffee we call like Carioca. Yeah. It's more, um, yes, it's more light than express. Express is more strong. Um, so wait, so, so like example, I know, I know that it, as in because I'm volunteering at the moment in Italy, and there is a big coffee culture, and people love their coffee, right? They love their coffee. Uh, I love the tiny, how tiny the cups are. Like it's, <laughs> I never thought I would be happy with the tiny cups, but I love it here. The strength and everything, really good. And I feel like the Italians, yeah, we 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 reinvented coffee. Like you know, we know how to drink it. We we are telling, we're teaching the whole world about coffee. Um, does Brazil have a specific way that you can say, you know, what this is a Brazilian way to make coffee? Um, I guess we have different ways of doing. It depends uh, on our budget. <laughs> so, for example, there is people that just um, have some kind of future and yeah. we just put the coffee and the hot water and with uh, some cup um, on, yeah. the, on the base and yeah. that's it. Yeah. 
there are people that use some more fancy ones like cafeterias and the, also the, the Italian one that probably you the already... Mocha, mocha, mocha pot. Yes, yes. The one that... I don't know how to yes. explain, but <laughs> the, the Italian <laughs> cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> is that one? Is I have to express one? myself. <laughs> Maybe something similar to Italian people and not with hands. Maybe you, you've seen that. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, um, I guess that's the the ways that we do coffee the most, as I'm remembering now. Yeah, but like everywhere. Any time, every family, we drink a lot. Yeah. And how is that for you, Ian? Yeah, yeah. I want to really know about like the Vietnamese coffee culture. Mm, it's so complicated to me to um, generalize. Why? Because there are some people like who cannot live without coffee, but some people who like don't want to drink coffee at all, which is. I don't know. So it depends on the characteristic and the taste which, which of. Which one? Which one are you? <laughs> I was in the middle. I can survive without coffee, but uh, I'm okay without it. So it's not like um, we have to have it every day in Vietnam. But um, the the thing is that we have the the number, the data that we are second largest exporter of coffee, just second to Brazil, right? So coffee become a cultural, but the 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 it's, it's it like individual individual choice. And, and the more typical way we drink is like the way Camila just described before with the filter, uh, very basic, but the special ingredient is that we have condensed milk. So we do not drink the, um, how to say, the fresh milk with coffee. Uh, we put the condensed milk uh, and that is, we call the legend Vietnamese coffee. We, either hot or with ice. And uh, we have the 24 uh, seven store, convenience store, and we we sell it uh, even students very young can also buy it for like put on nighter. So. Ah. Ah. Yeah, isn't that, I think it's also like um, a Western American, European culture where, where people say, you know, children should not drink coffee before they are whatever age. Um, I feel like that that sort of thing does not happen, especially for tea, at least in Nepal, the babies drink tea whenever. <laughs> you know, a little bit of sugar always mm, helps. We, they, uh, the young student or incorrect to drink can it's okay for them Camila yeah. is the same for you <laughs> when when did you drink your first coffee do you remember yes it's it was so funny I was hearing you and remembering <laughs> uh usually families don't uh, like or don't allow that uh, kids drink uh, coffee so much and um especially uh, only coffee without milk because Coffee with milk, it's more okay. But only coffee, the black one, it's not so okay. I was crazy about when I was a child. And I asked, please, please, mother, please, grandmother. I, I just want a little bit. And they like, <laughs> okay, today is Saturday. You can drink a little bit of black coffee only. <laughs> so it was like that. 
How, how old were you? Ah, uh, I guess I was six, seven. Wow. Yes. Come in yes, because, because I, uh, I live uh, until I was three, more or less. I lived with my grandmother. And um, I don't know, we, we, we are always uh, very connected. And she drinks a lot, lots of coffee. So she for me, it was something, yeah, it was something natural. Like, but uh, when I got older, I discovered that it was not so natural for other kids to drink coffee like that. Right. So right. <laughs> I right. just realized that it was something. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. The, in Nepal, at least at the moment, the coffee culture has become much more of a young, cool thing to do. It, uh, because, you know, like the TV shows, um, uh, all of them, they say, yeah, you go to a cafe, you know, Starbucks, the whole branding, you know, barista, all those things, like um, all of that is like a nice, cool thing to do, right? And, and young people, they meet uh, over coffee. And and it's not a culture at home. You wouldn't see a mocha pot or you wouldn't see like a people actually buying coffee. Um, they would, if they do, it'll be like a, 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 a quick coffee, like a, a Nescafe or something that you just mix it up with your water or with your, with, uh, with milk, um, instant coffee. I don't believe that to be coffee though. As in, I'm a, I love coffee and I would not allow that to be called coffee. I hope you guys agree with me. Um, <laughs> So, but that's like, it's it's a cool thing to do in Nepal, and slowly it's entering into the culture. And especially in the capital cities, you would find a lot of cafe, really busy, busy cafes, and all the cool people. Everybody that's like you know the the hippie life, the one with the guitar and everything, hanging out, chilling out, reading Albert Camus, like you know philosophy. All that happens around cafes. And uh, if you want to be in a scene, it's it's this and it's it's cool it's cool like i love it as well like you know we drink we don't drink like espresso or something that's not a part of the country we have mostly filter coffees and cappuccinos those are the two coffee like that we have and uh, and then it's usually a long like like americano let's say it's a nice heavy heavy long drink and it's not espresso heavy because if you drink it, it will be at least seven to eight espressos together, but it's not that. It's going to be the same amount as espresso, but like watered down. And so it's a nice thick coffee. I love it. I spend, I love spending time with coffee. Not that like drinking, getting the high is not my priority. I like being with it, hanging out with it. And then, you know, being, being this fun person or, you know, like having fun around friends, being cool, let's say, with coffee around. That's, oh. that's, that's the culture. I don't know. Vietnam isn't, coffee has entered houses. I'm sure, right? Um, yeah, we do have. Uh, but I, I was back to the feeling you just said that um, we, the young, often have the saying that, hey, want to go for coffee? It's more like, do uh, you want to um, just sit down and talk? Because like people are willing to a very hustle and hustle daily life. And then when they say, want to have coffee? means that they just have the laid back time and share together a very private uh, space uh, and uh, like between friends so i love that feeling it's not like we just need coffee to survive with the um, sleepiness but uh, more than the time for people to listen to like real listening is it cheap coffee oh, yes. in vietnam yes i would say so 
It's okay. kind of cheap, and and Starbucks cannot survive in Vietnam much. Yeah, I I, no I guess. Way. No way. Uh, people people go there for sitting with the fancy tables and beautiful background, but when they really in, want to enjoy coffee, they're gonna go to the certain pavement store randomly, not in the Starbucks. Yeah, uh, is coffee expensive in Brazil? Um, more or less, I guess. If you go to a cafeteria, yes, it's. I guess at least for my standard it's a little bit expensive like five reals for a small really small coffee yes how much <laughs> five reals more okay, or less how, much would, that be? how mm. much would that be in like dollars ah it's less than one dollar one dollar but still, but, uh, still yes know, we have like the power yes like, purchasing power i see okay it's, Exactly, exactly. But I guess if you buy on supermarkets, it's more cheap, of course, to okay. do in by yourself in your home. Right. But uh, I was listening to him and, and I was really um, connecting with the same feeling that I it's one of my favorite programs to go coffee. And it's because it's like an excuse to, okay, let's eat and drink a coffee. And this is one of my favorite programs, really. <laughs> So nice of that. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can do that um, when we can all meet somehow. We should choose a country. We should choose a city. We should go and then find a cafe and then sit down. Yes, and do <laughs> yes. I really want to visit actually Portugal and Italy. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Wait for oh, me. <laughs> before before we forget, uh, he and wanted as in he and said before, which which really shocked me that heard it was the rice ATM. Did I hear it correctly? Rice ATM. Yes, you are not. We do have rice ATM, but uh, let me tell you about the story uh, behind this. It's not like the thing we had thousand years ago. It just happened recently during the COVID time, I think last March, uh, because uh, it actually the initiative by an entrepreneur building rice ATM to have people who need it. So, uh, you, you just imagine you go for the, an ATM to withdraw some money, but then in this case, it is right. So each, uh, each time you press the button, around like 1.5 kilogram of rice will like pour out. So people just use the bag and bring it home because uh, there's a lot of people have to lost the income and uh, their livelihood. So they do need the certain basic food like rice so this one or oh, oh, like actually really really helpful for us uh, during the covid time and uh, i i love it yeah it's a really cool idea as in as in you said he was an entrepreneur was he earning anything from this project or mm. was he like mm. was it funded by something what was the purpose it, of like it is like the volunteering um so the source of rice uh that he has idea right and uh, a lot of people support this idea and they, they, they donate rice for him. So that rice just, just come as uh, the, the like kind of donation and people can just take it. So there's no, I guess, like it's non-profit. Uh, yeah. As in, to be honest, when you think of it, like, um, of course, people want to help, but it, it should reach the person you are helping. And I feel mm. like the solution means that if you know that there is a rice ATM, 
only those who need would go because they also are thankful for that right so hopefully people don't misuse it that they just like wasted away or That's throw true. it away hopefully that doesn't yeah. happen but i feel like this is a cool idea to do it like that uh, you know exactly where to go when you want help you know when you want something and and it's a, it's a really cool really really cool thing and i i really liked uh, the idea given that rice means everything life mean rice means normality in in life uh bringing that into atm which is like a you know like a com- consumable sort of part bringing it there i i found it really really interesting and i wanted to yeah all right so um that's really cool now talking about talking about comparison with countries uh he and said that um you know um vietnam is second to the uh, exporting of coffee um somehow brazil is on the top now i don't know why that is <laughs> but also the same thing with with the resources like natural resources in in nepal is that uh, we've got lot of fresh water so because we've got again we've got the mountains like you know for the audience who doesn't know nepal has the highest number of you know like the tallest mountain in the world we've got the himalayas okay big big story blah 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 um and then that means that we've got a lot of fresh water coming from the north to the you know like flowing across the country and we've got a lot of fresh water in terms of the percentage of the size and everything population and uh, and we found out that we are second of course wait for it brazil <laughs> so, so and 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 uh, and uh, in terms of brazil i feel like it's it's because of the the amazon river the river around um can you tell i don't know camila can you tell a little bit about like um, like you know the resources like natural resources water bodies um as in something about amazon forest is there something we should know that we don't already know uh is there other bigger river than amazon not a bigger one but it's the biggest one but like other big rivers which is important for you i guess uh the really most important and uh, largest and uh, um biggest of brazil is the river and also the forest but we another rivers and also waterfalls and um oceans and um places to to have shower <laughs> to, to bathe um and yes it's really nice like it's something really uh, that I am I can say that I am proud of country because we we are really able in the nature so we can um somehow be connected and close to that if we want to so the amazon forest is like one of the largest in the world i would say i don't know if it's the um yes but it uh, has this amount of um water fresh water reserves and also really different kinds of uh, flora and fauna we have really exotic uh, and there and also really different kinds of plants and flowers i cannot even name uh, everything we had of 
because uh, even me, like I, I don't know um, the the whole animals that we have there. It's a lot. Some uh, we are always discovering a new one, and um, that's really amazing. Um, have and gotten, it's also really. Have, have you gotten time to like to travel to the forest, like the marine forest? Oh, it's, it's one of my dreams. dreams. Yes, it's one of my dreams. That is also something I really want to uh, know. That it's like there is one part of the Amazon for uh, the meeting different rivers that they yeah. called um, hills. Um, it's like the meeting of hills solimoins. And uh, it's like the meat of two different rivers in the same place. And it's so, so beautiful. So it's one of my biggest dreams to go uh, to Amazon forest. More about that. Even, Without getting um, bitten, bitten by a snake or, a, or an anaconda, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> no, hopefully I think there are safe ways to okay. go to travel. Of course, it, it it's going to be an adventure. I'm also really curious to know like how people live there and uh, how they feed, how they survive. Uh, we have really different types of um, indigenous cultures living in these specific places. And I really would like to, to live in contact inside with them. the rainforest, do they? Or they live around it? Like I have heard of them, but I don't know. I haven't educated myself about them. Uh, do these indigenous, yes. indigenous cultures live inside the rainforest? Yes, as well, as well. They live everywhere. Uh, there are some uh, places that have specific, like, kind of reserves f uh, for them, specific, like, indigenous uh, mm. land uh, place, I would say. But uh, also there are uh, another places that they are just occupying and there are not... Um, market um, lands for them. This is also some big problem in Brazil, but um, um, yes, they live everywhere and they speak a really different kind of languages also that we don't even know. Like, there are lots of different languages that we don't know. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's really interesting. And uh, I find it very curious that uh, similarity in common with the water reserves it's really nice yeah, yeah. it's actually to be honest like in, in Nepal even though we've got so much water um, because of the lack of like uh, structure and uh, organization of it uh, the water the, the urban areas people are still lacking water like you don't have fresh running water that you can drink all the time in the urban area in Kathmandu yeah. Valley you would not have proper running water you have to either have a well that is underground water or that you drink water that either you buy it or that it comes once like twice or thrice a week uh, for two three hours you know uh, and then you you collect that water you boil it and you drink it like given that even though we are from a country which has so much water that we can we can be proud of uh, but somehow sadly it doesn't reflect to like improving of life. I think it's also because, um, yeah, we, we have the natural resources, but we don't have the system of using them to improve the lives of people. Sad, but, you know, I hope. It... And uh, No, but talking about that, um, 
Vietnam, however, has something that is the top <laughs> in the world. Ian, do you want to talk about that? I will listen to the water story and I was a little bit down and then you mentioned that. I was like, whoops, woke <laughs> up. <laughs> so we actually have the largest cave in the world and uh, which made me so proud for no reason is that I... <laughs> for I no was... <laughs> Because I have nothing to do with it. It just have something like a wonder like there near so close to you, Camila. It's like you have the forest and I, I have the cave. But sadly we I haven't got any chance to this this uh like explore it myself. Why? Because it's really sensitivity and they try to protect the the primary environments with the flora and Um, they don't want to destroy it. So very limited visitors can come only. And uh, I don't know if you know that Vietnam had the geopo- um, the shape of the S letter. And that cave, Son Dong Cave, is in the middle, in the center. Like the thin, the, the smallest part. And uh, I don't know how to explain. I just really wish that you can search it on Google to see the beautiful view because they can say you, that can you can you um, say it slowly the name of it so that people can we can, ah. we can google it sundong s o n d o o n g sundong okay. sundong okay it's, it's just beautiful and it's so big that people say it is capable for making the whole airport there uh, and uh, it's like the garden of eden like, underground I love it. On a cave. Wow. Yes, that's so nice. Uh, let's, really awesome. let's go there together, Ian, please. <laughs> safe, you can safe. come to Amazon Forest as well. <laughs> so, yeah, we, as in, if, if we're talking about tallest, biggest, uh, the top thing, I, I, I cannot help but bring Mount Everest, but that's it. I will not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you could talk if about are, that, actually. If we, feeling, if, if we are feeling a little bit more competitive, I will bring in that and just, just leave it there, you know, let it rest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, then, and then we move on. Did you, did um, you account for it? Like, uh, did you make it there to the top? I haven't made it to the top, no. Uh, it's really expensive to make it to the top. Um, it, I think, uh, to, to go to the top, you need, uh, something like $25,000 because with wow. insurance, with, uh, with, you get, you also get your porters Equipment. with oxygen, mm-hmm. everything, you know, the whole, uh, permit, um, oxygen things, clothes, everything, all of that is included that including like your tents that you have to, you, you don't go at once. You don't go one day. You have to like. Uh, settle down so it's like a two three day four day like you know five days um uh you know event so for that you 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 pay a lot of money to do it and yes. uh, for me for me i would i wouldn't i wouldn't really want to do it uh because i feel like it is um uh i feel like there's a lot of help you need to do it and that uh it is just this sense of oh i have done it that's it there is no sense of achievement i would say uh, mm-hmm. i feel like because money is more important than competence here. So I, mm-hmm. I'd rather like traveling at the base camps, you know, doing five, seven, 10 days trekking 
into the wilderness, you know, and yeah. go high, 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 like 4,000, 5,000 meters trekking, looking at lakes. It's really beautiful. And, uh, and it's not that expensive also to travel in the Himalayas. It's quite mm-hmm. cheap because uh, the, the stations, like, for example, there are stations every two, three hours. So, uh, and the stations are really cheap to live in. It's like one euro or two euros overnight. The food is more expensive because it's because there is no other way to bring the food except for either helicopters or people carrying it by their own or uh, donkeys or horses carrying it up in the up in the you know hills. So for that reason, uh, it's expensive. But yeah, I do it, and I think I would really recommend it to whoever comes in Nepal to travel uh, in in at least one of the one of the trails of this Himalayan, and I think you guys will love it. Really, sound awesome! Yes, I, can't I can't wait because uh, uh, I am so with you on the fact that really not into the tourism or um, business sense. Yeah. We yeah. want to like be cl- just into the nature, not because yeah. of yeah paying money to. Yeah. yeah, but also it's my opinion. As in, like people who want to do it, I feel like it's a big achievement too. It's of course there has to be a strength you know, motivation to do it. Um, yeah. For me at the moment, I don't have the money uh, to do it. If I did have the money, I think I would, I might, <laughs> I never know. Uh, but right now, I don't feel like that is my priority. Even though people say, oh, you, Nepal, have you climbed Mount Everest? Like that becomes a question. I'll go, uh, not really. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint uh, you. And I don't have any adventurous story to tell you about climbing mountains. Um. Should we should we end this conversation with the last um, last bit of the discussions about cultures and languages and and how people live? What is the sen- general lifestyle, general living style? Now it could be it could be really really what do you call this uh, I, stereotypical? I would say. Hopefully we don't generalize too much. But um, when I think of Brazil, I think of this uh, amazing. Uh, dancers and 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 uh, colorful uh, what is that uh, you know like filling up the streets and partying and all that that's what I think of Brazil when I think of it and uh, is it that Camila? <laughs> so yes, yes. Uh, I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> yes ma- Uh, so hopefully I was forbidden to talk about the bad things like politics and that kind of things. So it, it's uh, been a really good exercise only to focus on the good. No. Cool things and nice things. Yeah. Let's, if you talk about politics, I, have, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know enough to even put any of my opinions. Yes, yes, sure, sure. But in this moment specifically, it's really good to focus on this kind of um, good good things, I would say, from our culture and um, our geography and so on. So it's really something um, curious and um, well recognized from Brazil that people are very open and warm and we demonstrate a lot of affection in public so i can say that of course it um, really depends on the we also have so much diversity in our country um, differing by region to region like in the south for example where i come from 
I would say that it's not so much. But if you think about the northeast and north part from Brazil, it's really something visible that people are very open and it's really easy to start to talk with someone. You just go to the bakery in the morning and you start to talking with people that are working there. And or if you have any uh, concern when you are walking in the street, you can start a conversation or when you are at the beach, at the buses, trains, and so on. So we also have these big parties on the street that are my favorite ones, and um, that people show a lot of affection and feel really free to express themselves. So it's really somewhere that everything is allowed, just be you, and yeah. that's really cool. Um, also Has it with always this... been there in Brazil, these carnivals, partying in the streets? This this excitement happened, uh, you know. This like, ha how how is this tradition for a long time, or is it something that happened in the last decades? Mm, I would say that yes, it's something old, but it's getting more and more openly and um, free places to free and to stay. Uh, also because of the. Uh, yes, uh, maybe we can say that uh, how it is today is recently in our history um, but it's getting more and more I would say even uh, with people being allowed to just uh, show the yes the uh, preferences and uh, affections to everyone so I really like this this thing about each other it's really something that uh, make me feel yeah. and uh, yeah. I can say it's I a mark uh, I would say in my <laughs> culture yeah. nice, nice to be close home. yeah somehow somehow I think uh, and, yeah and and if I put you and in one of these parties in Brazil how would you feel <laughs> oh, wow. I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> it would be yeah, a really cultural shock. I would love it. I would love it, but I I don't know. I don't know how I would feel. Like I I think I would just be like awestruck, and I would not know what to do. And I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. Like, you know, I know this is so cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but this is um, this is something I don't know for some reason like. All the movies about Brazil, all of that, are like usually two, th two or three things, you know. Most talk about Amazon forest, then the river, and then the carnivals, you know. Like that is, that is, what is, what is Brazil? These three things, you know. And then now you added a lot of, a lot of uh, additions to what Brazil is, you know. Uh, and I think like the, 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 the warmth of the people with like, you know, showing physical affections, uh, you know, also in public, like hugging, kissing, all of that. It's a part of the culture where we say, you know what, I like you, I love you, you you mean so much to me. And, and uh, you know, it's it's a physical way of showing. I find it really, really lovely that it, it shows in a physical form. Not so much in Nepal. Like in Nepal, you wouldn't see it happening. And you might think, oh God, 
don't they love each other? Don't they, what is this country? They're so cold. Like, <laughs> come on, you know. And uh, maybe I don't know. I don't, we are not that cold, but we 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 are scared of we are scared of physical affection showing outside in the public. And and uh, I don't know if it's the same with Vietnam. Yeah, we we are not scared, but we also <laughs> find it very, let's say, rare. And and we do not do that uh, much. We do not do that. But, yeah. yeah, but. Uh, Mm, but it's different in uh, the way people are really welcome, really warm, and just even with the foreigner, they are even more excited and enthusiastic, waving hands and offer for help anytime. Uh, people not giving kiss on the cheek or giving hug in the very first place, like in the first meeting. So uh, it's just something a little bit different, but. We are not cold, guys. Not cold at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can say you can demonstrate affection in really different ways with physical contact. So it, it shows a lot also of your culture when you have somehow a different sense of respect for each other, I would say. Yeah. And this is love. So, this is love. Um, so let's let's end let's end our conversation here. Uh, hopefully, we are you know we are from three different countries at the moment, um, separated by borders and COVID. Uh, and hopefully, when when things go back to normal, we can come uh, meet together, have the coffee, the coffee culture we all love enjoy having, and then hopefully hug and kiss each other in the cheeks and say, "Hey, what's up? How you doing?" and be warm. And uh, and talk more about what we love doing, and maybe we even talk about politics at that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, just before leaving, I want to tell the audience that uh, this podcast is is recorded by volunteers from the Globus Project. Now, this Globus Project is. Um, is, is co-funded by the European Union, the Erasmus Plus project of the European, European Union, which means that uh, they are funding the travel, they're co-funding the travels and experiences. And what we do also through this project is along with uh, doing um, uh, voluntary exchange programs, such as right this now, talking about cultures, all of that. We are also doing workshops uh, about global citizenship. How do we educate people in discussing global citizenship? Uh, we are doing different workshops around the countries. So, for example, he and uh, she's coming from Vietnam, and but she's now living in Portugal, and she'll be holding this workshop in Portugal with Portuguese young people and discussing global citizenship with them. And these workshops are broken into five different parts, uh, starting with uh, what is global citizenship education, what does it mean, uh, and then we talk about multiculturalism, we talk about migration. And then we talk about our planet, you know, one planet. And then we end all this with sustainable development goals. How can we move forward? How can we make changes in people's lives? Um, so uh, Camila has already done one of the workshops. The rest are slowly, slowly entering into, into doing this workshop. Well done, Camila, for the workshop. I heard it was amazing. Uh, and, for people, and for people uh, who are listening to this, uh, of course, we'll share uh, Camila's experience in that. We will share our Facebook page where you can see everything that we do along with the podcast, uh, the links to it all. And I would like to thank Hien and Camila both for joining me and having such an amazing time. 
and uh, telling all the lovely things about your country and uh, and finding like common common grounds somehow i never thought we would have such common grounds with rice tea coffee nature water and somehow uh, vietnam got a win in the cave department um, <laughs> and uh, and and just enjoying the time here thank you so much guys i hope you have a lovely day bye bye see you. you it was a pleasure to be here with you bye bye have bye a bye. lovely day you too okay guys <laughs>